All right, we continue on with the show and the new head football coach of the Metamora Redbirds, Jared Grebner. And coach, I got to start with that. Do you still find yourself trying to get used to that that title yet, or is it kind of settled in now? Uh, no, I'm still not used to it. Um, in fact, Coach Delinsky has a new truck, and every time I see his truck, I think of Coach Ryan because it looks just like him. I'm, I'm looking for him over my shoulder, you know. Hey, where's Coach Ryan at? You know, is there something we can do for him? Because you know, it feels different without him being out there, that's for sure. How has this process been? Because I talked with you right after you got the job, but now that things have kind of settled in, COVID-19 regulations have allowed you to be around the team in some way, shape, or form. How have you seen these first couple of short times of your job as head coach going about, I guess? Oh, <laughs> really haven't had much time to take it all in and really think because once, uh, you know, I accepted the job, then, you know, it was COVID hit and it was one thing into another and trying to organize workouts. And then it was trying to organize, okay, what's coming up for the summer? How can we uh, get that rolling? How can we keep the kids involved? How can we keep them, you know, physically fit, mentally fit? And then as new rules and regulations roll out, you know, all right, let's reorganize. And then you know, we just joined the next phase where we can go to groups of 50. And so we're reorganizing with that. So it's kind of been a whirlwind. Sometimes you feel like you're spinning your tires, but uh, you know, we're gonna be hitting the ground running here. How do you try to balance actually preparing for this fall 2020 season as opposed to, you know, things like making sure the players are safe and making sure you're following the regulations as opposed to the normal calendar that you'd be on had no pandemic happened? Balancing is definitely difficult. Of course, you know, first priority is always going to be the health and the safety of uh, all the coaches and players. Uh, that's always paramount. Uh, however, at the same time, you want to try and have as much normalcy as possible, uh, whether it's uh, installing plays, uh, installing defense, you know, uh, weightlifting, whatever it might be. So th there is a fine line between making sure everybody's uh, safe and healthy and also accomplishing our goals. You talk about the playmaking. How different is this play scheme? Now, I'm not exactly expecting you to break out the whole playbook here, but how different or different at all do you see it being from Coach Ryan's tenure to yours? Because I would assume maybe at least for the next year or so, it's going to be basically the same playbook. But what, what do you see out of that? Uh, it'll be pretty similar. There'll be a couple wrinkles here and there, uh, but on offense and on defense. But overall, you know, the some of the staples are going to be remaining the same. It's not like we're going to, you know, line up and empty and throw the ball all over the place. That's just not uh, my MO. But uh, Coach Delinsky's doing a good job, you know, putting together the offensive playbook along with Coach Otto and all the other offensive coaches. And we're adding, we're adding some wrinkles, and we'll see where it takes us. How has it made this transition easier that basically all the staff has been here at one point and making that a little easier as opposed to a clean sweep of a new staff? It's definitely uh, 
a blessing to have the same staff. Uh, we're a really cohesive group. We all get along real well. Uh, we, you know, shoot ideas off one another and eventually come up with what's best for the team. Uh, so it is good for not only myself, for the other coaches, but the players as well, because the players know all the coaches. And so it's really been a seamless transition. You aren't that far off from the supposed season opener against Notre Dame, 53 days to be exact. This is a town that everybody knows, loves its football. How hopeful are you, and kind of a twofold question, if you will, be your message to fans to ensure that hopefully come 53 days, whether it be limited to no fans, that in some way, shape, or form, we have Redbird football come August 28th. <laughs> oh, that's one thing I'm never going to do is make the promises. <laughs> yeah. um, now, I hope that for the community and most importantly for the players, for the school, that we do have some you know, fall athletics. I don't know what that will look like. I don't know if it will be delayed. I don't know if it'll be a shortened season. You know, every day it seems like I hear something new or a different possibility being thrown about. Maybe it's, um, you know, regular season as normal, but maybe a couple alterations like no fans or limited fans or whatever it might be. Um, I don't really know what the future holds. I know what I hope it holds, but we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed and hopefully get out back on that field soon. Talking about the overlapping and also kind of going back um, with your time under center for Metamora football. And I apologize if I asked this in the first interview I did with you, but how do you kind of take the leadership aspects of a position like the quarterback to now being the head coach of the football program? Have you kind of found yourself kind of overlapping characteristics that you might have taken up as quarterback as opposed to the head coach now? Oh, definitely. There's always, you know, overlapping uh, as far as leadership. And that can really go with any position. Um, I know quarterback's kind of a position that everybody looks to in a huddle and stuff like that. But sometimes the leadership just comes naturally, whether you're, uh, you know, a right guard, whether you're a linebacker, free safety, or whatever it might be. Uh, all the players know who to look up to. And it's the same way coaching. You know, all of us coaches, we all kind of lead in our own style. Uh, players know who to go to, uh, what to expect from um, certain individuals. And so uh, we kind of lead as a group, and it works out well. What are you most looking forward to now that we've moved to the next stage of the IHSA's return to play plan? And I guess my main question with that would be, what were your thoughts when they, those came out in terms of looking at it from a football coach's perspective? <laughs> I was just ecstatic that we can finally do sports-specific drills. Um, I know that the athletes have been doing a wonderful job up in the weight room uh, with their speed, agility, and quickness drills, some conditioning. Um, but of course that gets tiresome after a while. Uh, you know, they would like to get out some bags, get out pads, get out a football, you know, throw that around, run routes, run some plays. And so that's what I'm, uh, you know, looking forward to. Also one is the freshmen. 
the freshmen, they've been doing remote workouts through Zoom for a long time now, and they've been plugging away and to finally uh, meet all the freshmen in person, you know, I'm excited for that. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. We'll take a brief break and be back with the Redbird replay team of Scott Kirker, Corey Nelson, and Colton Kaler. So stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a minute. Thanks, Alex. First in-person interview in a while. We're here with the Redbird Replay TV football team of Scott Kirker, Corey Nelson, and Colton Kaler. And guys, you know, and I was just talking before we hit the record button here, you know, with the potential for limited, maybe no fans, especially with the known high-capacity crowds at Malone Field, come August 28th, or I guess September 4th would be the home opener, it could be weird talk broadcast into a potentially empty, if not very limited, Malone Stadium, right? And this anything, any of these questions are open to anybody in any order. Is, Go ahead, Scott. Well, it, we, we've, we've already discussed this with NTCO a little bit. If, if they can have no fans, uh, hopefully we'll be able to cover the games uh, live through the, the NFHS or, and through uh, MTCO. Now, the problem that we'll have, we don't have problems at home. But what we have problems with will be on road road games because not every place we go to is going to have Wi-Fi capabilities, and that that'll be a problem. Um, we could always do that through the NFHS, mm-hmm. um, which Metamore does belong to. Not every school in the Middle Illini does, though. Yeah. So, uh, that there's a little bit of a problem there, though, too. And I think, you know, and you've done this for a pretty decent while, too. This is kind of an unprecedented time from a broadcasting perspective. But I guess it's kind of, again, I'm kind of open to anybody. Like, how do you prepare? Like, there's just, like, can you imagine a Metamora Washington game with zero fans in the bleachers? Like, how, how would you even mentally prepare for that? Still rivalry, you know. I mean, I I think the, from the kids' standpoint, to be able with everything going on, to be able to play, they're going to be excited. Yeah. You know, even to be on that field playing at Friday night, but um, not having fans um, cheering and and cheering on the boys from both sides, it's it's going to be something like we've never experienced before. I'm hoping we do. Yeah. I mean, do you guys have have well, you? We can talk about this openly, but yeah. I, mean, I, I I think that. The, for the kids, the kids that are playing, I, I don't think there's there's any difference because, let's face it, they don't really notice the fans a whole lot anyway. They do a little bit maybe when they yeah. a big play, but yeah. for the most part, they don't notice the fans. We're, we're, we are at Malone, Scott, though. We yeah. are at Malone. <laughs> you, you know what I'm but, saying? But when, <laughs> but when I think the people that are going to notice no fans are the few fans that do get to come to the game. Maybe the parents. They'll mm-hmm. notice there's nobody... There's no roar if there's a big play. Yeah. You know, if we're to come, you know, this year and beat Washington, you know, it's going to be, you know, they're going to say, wow, wow, we beat Washington. There's nobody here to see it. (laughs) But we can talk about this because we're in this phase four, correct? Yeah. And it's 50 people. Yeah. And then six feet apart from there. So you could have 50 people, correct? And groupings? Yeah. Yeah. You could have, you could probably still have 20 or, you know, 2,000 fans in our stands. Technically. Well, and I've been to some softball tournaments where, you know, I see these things where it's kind of lightly kept yeah. track. And like, for example, uh, the Peoria Punishers, that mm-hmm. team that plays at that uh, field in East Peoria or Sunnyland, technically. Mm-hmm. Like, I see how they're doing it. And I'm thinking if they can do that with COVID-19 regulations in place and such, 
I don't see how there could be at least a limited crowd uh, come August 28th. We don't know. Again, with the administration and being a high school, I mean, it comes again, at the athletic director will follow the IHSA guidelines. Yeah. But I haven't read any, is there any guidelines for these I, games? And none of us know it's up in the air. Again, the boys want to play. I truly believe not having a crowd. And I'm going to say, it, when I played, it would be completely different if I didn't look up and it wasn't a packed stadium. And I hope the IHSA, you know, considers that and comes up with some kind of ideas to have fans there. I mean, it, it, it will be different. I think a lot of those kids though would just be happy to get back on the field and play. Yeah, that, that, well, we know that. That's what it comes but, down I mean, to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and another aspect that I think mm. talking about on the field now mm. is the stat. Um, I think is kind of a little bit of a glare, if you will. Missed the playoffs three times since '93, but those three have all been very recent, and especially with the frustration of missing the playoffs last year, being knocked out officially by Washington, no less. I can see on like guys posting on social media and stuff like that. Mm. There's a, there's a different hunger I think that I haven't seen from previous years of missing the playoffs. So I'd like to get each of y'all's thoughts on that because I mean not not that they've just kind of laid down and said we'll move on to the next season, but I'm just seeing a little bit of a different hunger going into this season than past seasons after having missed the playoffs. Well, I think right now with all the change in the program, there's just there's so much anticipation. Um, with, I mean, the institution that we've had. And, you know, when I had my coach's show and I had Coach Grebner on, um, you know, he's, he said that, you know, you know, Metamore is your typical small town, you know, Friday night football, that's the biggest thing in the town, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, not having those fans, you know, when you come running out, you know, we do the stop on third, fourth down, you know, having that just rich tradition of history of fans that are always have been there, it's a lot different. And, and the coaches notice it. Maybe the yeah. players, not so much, like you said, the big plays. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, I agree with you. On, on social media, I think it's with everything that's been going on, it's the players letting the coaches know, hey, we're still getting our work in. We're still, you know, we're committed to the program. Um, and I think with, you know, some change that's going on, I think it's, it's created a buzz again, yeah. uh, especially in the town. Because um, when you have, you know, a, a Hall of Fame coach for 30 years and, you know, he retires, that, that, that's big shoes for, you know, yeah. Coach Grebner to fill. Um, so I think... And these players, you know, they want to, you know, give everything they can because I think Tim Thornton said it best was that, you know, for some of the kids, even seniors, this is, you know, this is what you have. You know, yeah. if, if you're a diehard football player, mm. you're going to give it at all because, you know, that's all you have. You know, you may not have, you know, the best mm. outside life, whatnot, but you've got football, right? And so I think that's going to be the biggest part for the kids. Scott, do you want to? <laughs> so we chose. Go ahead, Scott. No, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Well, I, you know, I, I agree with Colton when he says that that they're they're with the coaching change with Pat leaving, and now you've got a a, a new guy coming in. And it's kind of like a reset button, and when that happens, there's always a little bit of a of a, an adrenaline. People are going to start. There's there's a buzz again with football just because they want to know how Jared's going to be as a football coach. He played for Pat, he's been an assistant coach for Pat, but now he gets to be Pat. And that, that's mm -hmm. those are some tough shoes to fill. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, uh, you go back to some of the, you know, great college, you know, who, who replaced John Wooden? Do you remember who that was? Do any of you guys remember who replaced John Wooden? You can. Gene Bartow from Illinois. Mm -hmm. And 
that was tough. You know, he was the the hot commodity back then, and and it's going to be tough for Jared to fill those hole those um, those shoes of Pat's. Yeah. But he's a he's a he's homegrown just like Pat was, and it it like I said, it, it's going to be tough. Well, and, so yeah, go ahead. And one aspect, because I, I interviewed Jared a couple days ago, mm-hmm. that I think. You know, we can talk about this from your perspective or just in general, but with Grebner's past experience as a quarterback in a leadership position on the field like that and different aspects from his leadership mm-hmm. under center as opposed to now the head coach that he's kind of taken with him. Now, obviously, it's two different beasts, right? Being a quarterback, being the head coach. But I think there are certain elements from being quarterback that he might be able to take on as the head coach too. Yeah. I want to, you know, address my – thoughts on it and that is first of all Pat Ryan's a legend absolutely I mean I've been around Pat I'm blessed enough my two oldest boys got to play for him I have another one coming up but 30 years I I know people you know you mentioned somebody mentioned adrenaline and or um, you know with with uh, coach Grebner coming on I don't think Metamora football has ever lost anything. Okay, I think it's what there's a word called expectation. Yeah. And other areas don't have it, and and they don't. When you're a Metamora football player and you're a coach, and you go five and four, six and three, it's not good enough. It's nine and zero, oh. and that was even on Coach Ryan. The pressure on him every year, and everything. Look what he's done. But even he had critics throughout his career. Coach Grebner will have critics. He'll have to ignore that. And I, and I will say this. Coach Grebner is his own coach. Yeah. And he'll never be Coach Ryan, good or bad, because he's a new individual in a position, in a program. And Pat would agree with this, Coach Ryan, is metamorph football continues to go on, regardless who the coach is. And the tradition is there. It's set in stone. So, again, I don't believe Metamora football. I'm not going to take that away from any class. Yes, I agree with you. You know, 2013, I just want to quickly address this. We lost a lot of starters. You know, Noctreep, our quarterback's out. Jimmy Salmon's out. We had multiple injuries, and we didn't make the playoffs. You you and, you and bring those uh, – Johnson, the baseball player, mm-hmm. how big he was, but he focused on – you put him on the football field too, and all these boys, that team's – Really good. If they make the playoffs. They're, well, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're starting quarterbacks out. So then we go, we go, and then Nick Holman had to step up. The following year, we did fantastic second round, and then we go into 15. And another, um, you know, in Metamora eyes, we lose first round. But a lot of programs, I always say that, they just want to get to the playoffs. They're celebrating playoff time, and, and here we are. So 30 years you know, Coach Ryan, terrific job. Coach Grebner coming in. Quarterback, receiver, lineman, I don't know. I, I, I You can be a great player, not a good coach. Sure. Right? Um, you could be a great coach and not a good player. Mm-hmm. Coach Ryan was a uh, quarterback. <laughs> he was pretty good, but he'll never say that. But it's, it's going to be a lot of pressure in this community on Coach Greb. Yeah. And because we expect wins. Scott, yeah. you expect wins. No, I expect the wins. Expectation is... it, it's not going to change. We want 9-0 seasons. We want conference championships. And we want quarterfinal semi-runs. 
as coach did it, what, 15 out of, was it 15 out of 16 or 15 out of 17 years, right? 15 out of 17. 15 out of 17 years. Tell me another coach in high school football with in the smallest, sports. in sports, in the smallest enrollment in 5A that gets to the quarterfinals or greater every year. That's yeah. coaching. Yeah. That's coaching. That is coaching. That isn't, you don't reload in a small town like this. So, big shoes to fill. He's his own person. I'm excited, but I'm also still very sad to see Coach Ryan step down. Yeah. But I'm also very excited, so my emotions are mixed because I'm very excited for Coach Grebs. And I think he'll do a terrific job. Yeah, I think Greb will. I think I agree with you. He'll be just fine. Yeah, and then um, I want to start getting into the end of our discussion talking about the schedule. Okay. Um, we got a unique game right away. Yeah. Notre Dame at um, – the schedule says at Richwoods. We'll see where we're even at in about a month. Um, we've never played Notre Dame at the varsity level. We nope. played Bergen once back in, I believe, 73, beat them 13 to nothing. Okay. And, that's, and so uh, let, let's hear from everybody uh -huh. about that too because – I mean, it is kind of, I think, a little weird that, you know, even even Bergen, you know, haven't played the, you know played them in 73 and haven't played Notre Dame ever. Mm -hmm. So that, that and I believe if I've done the counting right, a milestone of a season two there. So to get to kick off, I think, the 75th season, if I'm not mistaken, pretty close to mm -hmm. But to get to kick off that season against a team we've never played before at the varsity that's, level, that'll be close. pretty cool. <laughs> that's really close. It's... Yeah. Pure Notre Dame. Coach Ryan never scheduled them. No, we just never. We just it just never worked out the way the conference was. And right. we, used to, we used to have conference games right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it's in P and D. Let's we we want to talk about them. Yeah, let's do it. Head coach, what second year? Uh, third, third year, year Pat Armstrong. Yep. Pat Armstrong. And uh, last year's team. Does anybody know the record? Uh, six and four, I believe. I believe it was. Were yeah. they? They've got the multiplier. Mm -hmm. For their playoffs, so they went up and they got beat first round. How many returners do they have? Uh, I, I, I don't think they have a lot. Have. I do know yeah. that their starting fullback's dad is a uh, counselor at Metamore High School. <laughs> okay. Um, they've uh, they they always play hard. They're 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 going to be a, a hard nosed football team. They're uh, still running wing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pound, they'll pound, run pound, it, pound, pound. They'll run it until the cows come home. Okay, that's fun. That'll be a fun – so it's at Richwoods? Is there any chance uh, at Mine and Field? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not. Although Richwoods has new turf, so. Yeah. I was say, Richwoods just had their field remodeled. Yeah. Because Richwoods been – Richwoods, Notre Dame, uh, I mean, all the Peoria schools have been sharing the Peoria Stadium because of the renovations that have been going on. The renovations were going on last year. At, yeah. at Richwoods, yes. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't get started until late in the year, and it's it's a turf field now. So. Okay. Well, and I think, you know, looking past Notre Dame to Rock Island, um, obviously mm. that game was real interesting. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing the school when I say this, but I remember going out on that field, and I think I said uh, – came on the mic on the pregame mm. or whatever and said, guys, this turf is pretty loose. <laughs> and turns out – and. Great uh, props, actually, to the Rock Island Athletic Department because they've since renovated their turf and they got all new turf in there mm -hmm. now. And it was at the end of its time anyway, so it was mm -hmm. expected to be in that kind of condition. But we got them at Malone week two. And then I think it'll be pretty cool. We got Washington's second-to-last game of the year right. at Malone. Again. Now, Again, yeah. that, that could have had even bigger circumstances because you think about it, if districts would have held – 
Obviously, we probably would have tried to make it to where Metamar and Washington were in the same district. Well, the rumor was that neither that Washington did not want to play us if we went to district. So that being said, imagine how big of a game that would have been. Potentially the last Metamar Washington game, and who knows how long. I mean, you're probably talking what eight thousand, maybe. Is that too outlandish? But my point being. To have that rivalry game, you know, second to last date of the regular season and hopefully not, you know, playoff. I mean, you want playoff hopes on the line, but, man, if that was the case, too, and have a chance to avenge them for knocking us out last year, that would even add more fuel to the fire for such arguably one of the greatest rivalries in the state. Well, we'll get to Washington, but if, if you look at Rock Island from last year, yeah, uh, they lose a lot of their skill players mm-hmm. from a team that – you know, had we not suffered all those injuries, we were we were ahead of them when we started going down like flies. Um, their best lineman, though, was a freshman at 6'5", 290. And they, He's moving here. No. We He's a big boy. Yeah, he was a big – he yeah. was he – was, he filled up a doorway. Oh, yeah. And th- they also got a 6'5", uh, tight end that transferred in. It's a big kid, a Division One player. Um. But they brought their fresh or their, their sophomore juniors mm-hmm. over to playoffs last year, and it was, I think, 46 to nothing at halftime, Metamore. Um, but you know how the school that size in a, in a fairly large city, metropolitan area, they can get a lot of different kids. They can. Some kids that didn't go out, maybe some kids that. They didn't play because they played a lot at the varsity level. You don't know what's going on. I think they're going to be a tough, a tough team. The last time they came to Metamore, we sixteen beat, or we, eighteen. We we, we we just one yeah, of the best first half. Forty-two seven at halftime. At the, we that was a fun game. That yeah. was a that was a and great we shell shocked them. We shell shocked them. We threw the ball. They were the supposed to be you know a top team in yeah. you know, the state. That they year. were big too. They were yeah. big. They had a Division One lineman yeah. and another kid that went to I think. McKendry, I believe, and is okay. still there. Um, they had a they had a good team. When you look at the rest of the Middle Illini Conference, though, Morton, Pekin, and Washington, I think, are three of the top teams in the Middle Illini. And I think you know Pekin was the conf- they they won the conference last year, and they get a lot of kids back. They they believe they're going to be the cream of the crop of the Middle Illini, and they may very well be. And for what it's worth, from our perspective, new press box, new lights, new sound system, they've kind of done Memorial Stadium up here in the offseason. Yeah. So just press box and that. lights, correct? They wouldn't uh, put LEDs in? Yeah, they uh, didn't yeah. do anything to the field yet. Yeah. Are they going the to? Eventually. That's Park District over there, though. Okay. So, um, we'll see how that goes. All right. But, but they, they've got a lot of kids coming back. Washington's Washington, big school. No. And they're going to be good. I mean, both both teams could be sub five hundred, borderline wanting to make the playoffs. And when you play Metamora Washington, it's something that everybody that's grown up in either town let's, knows let's, records out the window. Here, here's and I've seen this in JFL. Okay, and and you bring that up. Yeah. Here's the thing: our boys have to be ready. Every single team we play, when they play Metamora, they they're bringing it all. Yeah. yeah. You got. To I'm just that. saying. You know, it's Canton, it's Pekin. They want to beat Metamora. At the end of the day, you're not going to get rid of that. So our boys, and it's good for us for playoffs, but those teams will be ready and, and they want to bring it. I agree with you regarding Pekin. Morton's got the running back. The Glaze. But you're saying you think they're going to be one of the top in the conference. 
Morton's good. They've got the best lineman in the conference coming back in that world. Best lineman or line, do you believe? Lineman. Okay. One lineman. Uh, they lost the other. Th- That's I, I what I was. Four. I think they lost four, but the, the one they got coming back was the best. But in the one conference. guy. But it's one what's guy. his surrounding crew is. Yeah, what. you know, we, I, I don't. Their their JV team was decent, um, but that running back was a sophomore yeah. last year. Had 322 yards, I guess. Yeah. I think against this Russian. Yeah. Yeah. Glaze. Glatz. Glatz was very very good. Um, and the the rest of the conference, I still think limestone. Is probably a lot of people. I, I don't think are giving them their due. Limestone had a good class. That's they a do. good group. They they lost a couple of kids, but the heart and soul of that team that we beat what twenty to twelve mm-hmm. is back. And you know when it's good, guys. I mean when when and it reminds me of sixteen. Think of the look at sixteen. Us Washington Dunlap Canton. It's good when you have good you know good games in the middle line. I. Um, but I will say this about Coach Grebner. All the other coaches are wondering what's with the new coach, right? Schemes could change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Versus habits of the last three, four, five years, there's a positive, too. Like, okay, Coach Grebner, Coach Greb's also, like you said, quarterback, been to state, been in pressure situations, a winner. Grew up watching Metamore football. Right down the road. Who was the state championship well, quarterback? All their most of the coaching staff did. So they're it's it's in them. So so like back to you. That's the side that I'm excited about. Still sad about Coach Ryan, but I think the other coaches aren't going to know what to expect. No, there's there's that little bit of an element of not knowing what Metamore is going to be like. I'm pretty sure everybody in the conference knows Metamore is going to do something that revolves around the running game. Um, how successful we are at it. Yeah, what scheme does he use? What's he go back to? What's he, you know, what, what's going to, you know, every coach has their own thing. So, I mean, we, we could, you know, I'm excited for our boys um, and our returning team. Well, and I'll kind of wrap it up with this. We're a month and three weeks wow. from that season opener at Notre Dame. And mm. I, I want to ask you all about it from this, from two different perspectives. One, with how fluid the coronavirus pandemic is, who knows where we'll be in a month and three weeks, or a month and 21, yeah, a month and three weeks, I can count. Um, and then from the perspective of the anticipation of a season and, you know, with something like a new coach and knowing that about a month from now, I'm probably going to be start putting together rosters. And, you know, I did those, mm-hmm. I've done those game notes for oh, the last couple of years, start putting those together. I mean, we're, we're getting into the thick of it here, getting ready to go and, you know, and I was talking with athletic director Jared Hart just a little bit ago up at the high school. You know, this is such a fluid situation. We don't even know. Heck, we barely know where we're going to be tomorrow in terms of where this is at. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where we're at in a month and three weeks. Do you want to talk about the team or do you want to talk I kind of from think both of... perspectives. Okay. Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. I said, go ahead. I mean, I think, um, you know, it's, it's going to have to be – a day-by-day process, really, and that's what, you know, when I talked to Coach Greb, that's what he said. Um, he's just, I asked him how he's taking things in stride, because not only is he returning, or, you know, his first year coaching, replacing a 30-year Hall of Famer, then he's thrown a global pandemic in with it, you know, it's, he's, I mean, he's going to be battle-tested, I mean, before going into the season, I, every coach is, um, with, you know, everything that's going on, you know, from training rooms, you know, disinfecting everything, trying to keep players safe uh, and healthy, it's it's going to be different. But I think 
the beautiful thing for us is kind of, you know, like I, I mentioned before we, you know, started was, you know, there's been 40 cases in Woodford County alone. Yeah. Then, I mean, it's the numbers kind of around here in the central Illinois area are small. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that kind of, it benefits us because we can kind of be ahead of the game, but like I said, it's going to be a day by day process. I mean, you, you never know what's going to change. And the unfortunate thing is that we kind of have to be, or we are dictated by the rest of the state, whether or not we like it. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, it is what it is. You know, people keep talking about this. When Anytime you test more and more, um, and you're, you're opening that up, you, you have people coming down. It's, again, medically, you know, you can watch the news, you can read what's going on. I have my belief, but I'm not going to go into it. Yeah. Um, except the fact that I believe we live and people have fought and died for this country and we have our freedoms and we every day in life you with freedom there's risk um to keep limiting kids i i believe football should be played i i believe that if you want to go to a football game and you, you want to watch the football game um you, you should have that right to go do that um but again we all have our own opinions. The state governs this, or maybe IHSA has they're right. governing True. the schools. Illinois Health Department. I'm optimistic. We have football. I'm excited for football, and I'm extremely excited for this group of boys. I don't want to go into too much detail, but Scott, as we talk about, we and you, you guys, you know, we had a young team last year, okay, and we had injuries, a lot of injuries at Rock Island with a lot of starters. So a lot of young sophomores got playing experience. I don't even know if a lot of those teams understood they were playing sophomores. They're only going to be juniors. Yeah. And then back again. Yeah. And they've been working hard. Yeah. And Scott, I'll let you have the final word. Um, and I, I agree. You know, whatever happens, they got to go into it with the idea that they're going to play. Yes. And, you know, um, when you talk to the kids, they've, they've been working really hard. Um, I think there was a renewed kind of uh, uh, enthusiasm, like we talked about earlier, with uh, a coaching change. And because let's face it, every team in the conference has gone through about four or five conference or uh, coaching changes changes in those thirty years that Pat Ryan's been the stable of the Metamore football program. You know, Canton's had what four in the last four years. <laughs> so, yeah. um, mm -hmm. we've been very, very lucky. We've been very, very stable, and and. You know, when when we talk about expectations, um, and we do, we we talk Quite about it all the time. And, <laughs> and really, when you, it, the people in Metamora, all they care about is that our football team wins just once a week. That's all they got to do is win once a week. Yeah. And if they do that, uh, Jared will get paraded around on the fire truck, <laughs> and everybody's in a good mood and on everybody, Saturday. Everybody, <laughs> because I got an IGA. That people that uh, don't subscribe to the Journal Star, you know, I'm sure on after wins they sell out, and if they we lose, they don't sell a single Journal Star newspaper. <laughs> no, yeah. and, and, but but one thing before we leave, um, yesterday was a pretty sad day in the state of Illinois for yeah. for pure football fans. Yeah, high school football fans. Yes, uh, Bob Reed, the head football coach at Geneseo High School, and Augustana, and Augustana. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Unbelievable coach. Four won four national titles. He won three back to back to back state titles in in the state of Illinois football. Metamore knows about that because they beat us in '76 and '77 Geneseo. 
He was the head coach, passed away yesterday. And, um, you know, as, as, as bad as we wanted to win, as bad as that feels to lose, Geneseo is a mirror image of Metamora. And we know exactly what that's like. They, they, they go at the football season the same way we do. And Morris, I would say, and Morris, one more. Morris, and Morris, as a public, as a public school, they Morris, Tennessee, and Menomore. And and Bob Reed was was he was there, Pat Ryan. He was only there for sixteen years, but he had a what a one forty six and twenty three record. Yeah, it was, we. I've got it here. I mean, but it's and, it's and incredible. It's, a, it's an incredible record. He was an incredible football coach, and when somebody like that passes away, that that's a. Um, that's a sad day, and I'm sure it's a sad day in Geneseo. What right one one forty seven nineteen and four record in seventeen years? Then he went into Augustana, where he coached sixteen years, and had a 146-23 and one record, winning four straight national championships, twelve yeah. CCIWs titles, in a sixty game win streak. <laughs> that, that's I mean, you think about it, that's a long win streak. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I know that doesn't have anything to do with Metamore, but indirectly yeah. it kind of does. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, Thanks, Alex, for having us on here. Today. Yeah, this was it's a, lot a great, of fun. great idea, and hopefully, good to talk again soon, and uh, get to hear you guys over the airwaves oh, yeah. here in about a month and a couple weeks. Great, excited. Thank you. Thanks.